we're going to look to the Bible. We're going to look to the Word of God. And I would encourage you to go and get your Bible if you don't already have it. And let's turn to the Word of God today. But before we do, let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you for your Word. Thank you that you have given your Word to us. Thank you that it is a roadmap for us. Lord, I pray today that you would cause us to fall in love with your Word. Lord, that you would cause us to enter your Word today with open minds. Lord, that you would speak to us today through your Word. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today to speak to us in a way that only you can. We pray your blessing on these next few moments of our time together today as we look to your word. Amen. A few weeks ago, we talked about how it is so important that we live our lives with Jesus as the center of our lives. And I had a bicycle up here, and I really didn't know what the center part of the bicycle was. I remember I was joking with everyone that I was going to get flooded with messages about what that part of the bike was. And if, if it's any consolation to you, I've already forgotten what that is. So I'm probably going to get even more messages. But the point was, is the center part of the bike holds all those spokes. And that is supposed to be, in my, in my opinion symbolizing Christ in our lives. And all the things coming out need to be Christ-centered. We need to have a Christ-centered approach in our lives. You see, I believe that if Christ is the center of our lives, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are going to have an easy life, but it does mean that we are going to have Christ giving us the strength through the Holy Spirit we need to live our lives. And there is no greater time, I believe, than right now than having a solid relationship with Jesus. Having our roots deep in our relationship with God. Last week, we talked about loving and the importance of loving. We learned last week that love is a value word. That love, the meaning has, in some ways in our culture, it's been distorted. It's lost some of its meaning. And we were encouraged to build the three greatest love of our lives. We should, first of all, love God. Out of that love for God, we should love our family and friends. And we should love, we should make a choice, as we learned last week, to love the unconvinced. You know, one of the best parts about having our services online is if you missed last week, if you missed even three weeks ago, you can go back, of course, after the service, you can go back online and you can watch all of those services again. So, if you did not participate in the last couple of weeks, make sure at some point today or this week that you go back and you watch those, those services so that you can get caught up on where we are. But we also talked about something else last week, and perhaps you've already forgotten, but we talked about the meaning of selfishness. It's a word sometimes that we get a little bit uncomfortable with. We don't like to talk about selfishness, but in so many ways, our culture 
is programming us to be selfish in so many ways. But we learned last week that selfishness is, the definition is stinginess. Stinginess resulting from a concern for your own welfare and the disregard of others. And so today we're going to talk about living. Last week we talked about love. This week we're going to talk about living. And we're going to spend some time talking about this. Someone once said, and I quote, perhaps you've heard something similar. Life is short. It will soon be past. Only those things done for Christ will last. What does it really mean to live? What does it really mean to live? Have you really actually ever stopped to think about what it means to live? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do with this life that I live? Do you know, one of the most fascinating studies that we're doing right now as a church, and it's all taking place online, is our Alpha program. It is awesome. If you are not joining our Alpha program, I would encourage you to join us. We do it every Thursday at 8 p.m., and the whole idea is talking about this very question, why am I here? So I would encourage you, just a little plug for Alpha, if you're not joining us for Alpha, it's not too late, you can join us this Thursday at 8 o'clock. But why am I here? Why am I living? I think if we're honest with ourselves, most people have asked themselves that question. I, I don't think I've met anyone who hasn't at least asked that question once. I mean, let's be real. I think we've all asked a similar question. It all starts when we're really young. And it continues as we decide on the things in our lives. For example, where are we going to go to school after we graduate? What college are we going to go to? What university? What are we going to do? And even into adulthood, we wonder, why am I here? Or why do I exist? I have an appreciation for history. I, I enjoy history. And author and historian Sir Richard Evans says this, and I quote, The tragedy of life is not that it ends too soon, but that we wait too long to begin it. Just think about that. Think about the, the words that are being said there. More importantly, let's look to the Bible Let's look to the important words that we see in the Bible as we unpack this today. Let's go to 2 Samuel chapter 24, verses 18 to 25. Once again, 2 Samuel, verse, 2 Samuel chapter 24, rather, verses 18 to 25. The Bible says, That day God came to David and said to him, Go build an altar to the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna, the Jebusite. So David went to do what the Lord had commanded him. When Aruna saw the king and his men coming toward him, he came forward and bowed before the king with his face to the ground. 
Why have you come, my Lord? Aruna asked, and David replied, I have come to buy your, your threshing floor and to build an altar to the Lord there so that the Lord will stop the plague. Take it, my Lord, and use it as you wish, Aruna said to David. Here are the oxen for the, for the burnt offering, and you can use the threshing tools and the ox yoke for wood to build the altar. I will give it all to you, and may the Lord your God accept your sacrifice." But the king replied, No, I insist on buying it, for I cannot present burnt offerings to the Lord my God that have cost me nothing. So David paid him 50 pieces of silver for the burnt off for the threshing floor of the oxen. David built an altar there to the Lord and offered burnt offerings and peace offerings. And the Lord answered his prayer, and the plague was stopped. Let's take a few moments and let's talk about a couple of ways to live a more focused life for Christ. You see, as we were talking about a few weeks ago, it's important to realize that the Christ is the center of our lives. But now we need to focus. And that's hard. That's hard today especially in the culture in which we live. I was talking to a pastor colleague of mine yesterday, and did you know, perhaps you know, perhaps you're living this reality right now, that the average attention span of people online is seven minutes. That means by all of those standards, even our online church gathering this morning goes well beyond seven minutes. But the average attention span of watching something online, they say, is seven minutes. That's the maximum time, according to statistics, that people will stay watching a video online. So I guess I'm saying thank you because a lot of you are joining us for the whole time. And we, and we say thank you because that must mean, and I believe it does mean, that you place value on your time. And so that's important, but focusing is hard. It's hard today because we have so many things vying for our attention. We have children. For some of us that have children at home, we have all of the things that are going on in the media, talking about work, all of these. It's hard to focus. But the Bible says that we need to focus on God. We need to focus on Christ. We need to refuse to be average. Number one, we need to refuse to be average. Did you know that it's been reported that during a lifetime, the average person in North America spends three years of their life in meetings? Three years. Three years of your life in meetings. Thirteen years watching television spends $89,281 on food, consumes 109,000 pounds of food, and makes over 1,800 trips to Walmart or McDonald's, spends $6,881 in vending machines, eats, get this, eats 35 
5,000 cookies and over 1,400 pounds of candy. That's a lot of candy. Catches over 300 colds and is involved with at least six motor vehicle collisions. He's hospitalized eight times statistically for men and 12 times for women and spends 24 years of your life sleeping. That's average, 24 years of your life sleeping. Now, I could use a little bit of sleep right now. Perhaps you could do, but 24 years is a long time. However, there's another statistic, and I can hardly wait. These are from 2019, but I can hardly wait for the statistics that are going to come out in 2020 because I think these numbers are going to be really, really high. But the statistic for social media use in 2019, the worldwide statistic, is that the average person spends 144 minutes per day consuming social media. Now, I am going to suggest, given our current circumstance, that the 2020 numbers are going to be much higher. In fact, perhaps even already for you, as you've been going through this COVID-19 time, your average use over the last four months has been much, much, much higher than 144 minutes Per day. Now, I want you to understand something this morning. I'm not suggesting that, that any of these things are bad in and of themselves. However, I am underlining the point that we often do a tremendous number of things which are not necessarily and may often be in excess of what really needs to be accomplished. What I'm also saying is, at times, we are not good stewards with the resource of time that God has given to us. Let's be real. Let's be real this morning with each other and understand that we are not necessarily as good with our time as we might think. Let me ask you a question. We've just talked about all these things that we spend time on. How much time have you spent reading God's Word? How much time have you spent studying the Bible? How much time have you spent praying? How much time have you spent investing in ways to help other people around you? It all comes back to that idea of selfishness. And that's a word that we're really uncomfortable with. But Oftentimes when we're doing all the things that we've talked about here, when we're on social media, it's all me, it's all me, it's all me. Now we might think that we're helping, and maybe you are. I'm not saying that being on social media is bad. Remember, I'm not saying that any one of these things is bad in and of themselves. But this is a reminder, this is a focus call this morning to focus our lives on what really matters, and that is Jesus. A good friend of mine, and We've had him speak here, and I've talked to him recently, and he's agreed to come and talk to us again in the coming days in this new format, and Brett Ullman. And he said this, and this is something that really struck me, and perhaps it'll struck you as well, because there's such truth in what he said. Brett Ullman says this, the reality is Facebook and social media reveals the truth that people really do have time to pray. Think about that. Think about that. How much time are you spending on social media? 
How much time are you praying? It's something to think about. Remember, it all comes back to focus. Here's a life principle. Average is the enemy of greatness. Average is the enemy of greatness. I believe that God wants each one of us. He wants you. He wants me. He wants all of us to be and do great things for God. And I don't think there's ever been a better time than right now in 2020, on this day in June in 2020, to serve Jesus Christ. Think about it this way. God trusted us to live for such a time as this. How are we going to spend our time? Are we going to spend our time just wishing that things went back to normal? That would be sad. In fact, that would be a tragedy because God trusted us to live during this time. And God wants to do a new thing. He wants to do a great thing. And he wants to use you. And he wants to use me to do it. Let's not just be a statistic. Let's not just be average. Let's do great things. Let's do awesome things for God as he gives us the ability Let's not settle for what everyone else is doing. It's easy to follow a crowd. It's really, really easy to follow a crowd. So many times we're guilty of doing that. Let's not be average. Let's be great. Let's do great things for God. And second, let's choose to be a see-througher and not a look-atter. Let me explain what I'm talking about this morning. You see, too often we choose to look at the situations that come into our life, but we must learn how to look through those situations to see what God wants to do in our lives. Let me say that again. So often we choose to look at the situations that come into our lives, but we must learn how to look through them to see what God wants to do in our lives. Did you know and I believe this. I really do believe this. I believe that there are going to be lots of people that are going to regret that they didn't use these last three or four months to do good things. In many ways, God has, has allowed some doors to be closed. In many ways, I believe that God has pushed the reset button in our lives. What are we going to do? What are we going to do differently in the days to come? Where are we going to put our priority? Is our priority in just wishing that things go back to the way they were? If they are, I think you're going to be disappointed. Because God wants to do a new thing. He wants to do a new thing. I'm drawn to this story in the Old Testament of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in Daniel 4 were forced with a decision. They were forced with a decision to bow down to the gold statue or face the fiery furnace. Perhaps you're aware of the story. And they chose to see through the situation. 
And they've made a choice to boldly declare that God is able to rescue us. But even if he doesn't, we will never worship your gods, the Bible says. But because they had this posture, because they, they made this decision to see through, because they saw through their situation, another man, the Bible says, appeared in that fiery furnace with them, and that man was God. Someone said, and I quote, a clay pot sitting in the sun will always be a clay pot. It has to go through the white heat of the furnace to become porcelain. You know, friends, life is not always going to be easy. In fact, in many ways, life is challenging. My life is challenging. Your life is challenging. We all have lives to live, and we all have different challenges I don't know how people live without Jesus Christ in their lives. If you're watching here this morning, if you're joining us here this morning, and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, I would encourage you right now, as we did a few moments ago at the beginning of our time together, just surrender to him today. Just surrender to Jesus Christ. Just turn your life over to Jesus Christ this morning. Right now. And something will take place in your heart, in your life. I believe as you do right now, even for those that are, that are doing this right now, they're just saying, Lord, I surrender. I believe that there's weight coming off of your life as you give your life to Jesus Christ. You see, God chooses. God chooses what we will go through. We choose how we will go through it. God chooses what we will go through. We choose how we will go through it. Don't just look at the circumstances of your life. See through them and look to the creator of your life. You see, too many times we're looking for external solutions to something that only an internal solution can do. And that internal solution is God. We need to have that relationship with God. We need to have that focus on God. And third, we need to pray each day. We need to pray each day. We need to pray something like this. Lord, make use of me. When was the last time you prayed that? Lord, make use of me. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, Luke chapter 9, verse 24, the Bible says this, if you try to keep your life for yourself, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find true life. You see, Peter and John, they found themselves on the way to the temple for their regular prayer meeting. What would have happened if they had walked by this beggar one more time? But they stopped. They stopped and allowed God to use their lives. I don't believe that there is any coincidence in the kingdom of God. I don't believe that 
there's ever accidents in God's kingdom. We are uh, walking past people. We are involved with circumstances. We are involved with times in our lives, some challenging, some good, but nothing that God hasn't ordained. And we need to say to ourselves, we need to pray, Lord, bless me. Lord, give me. Lord, fill me. And too often we pray a prayer like that, but our mentality should be, Lord, make use of me. Too often our prayer is, is wrong, and we are, we are selfish in our prayer, and, and all we want is blessing, and all we want is, is me, 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 and all we want is for God to fill us, but really all we need to be praying and living our lives like is, Lord, make use of me. Because remember, if our lives are focused on God, we will be looking for those opportunities where we can pour into those lives around us. And so, would you join me this morning in making this your prayer? Lord, help me. Why don't you pray with me right now? Lord, help me to focus on you. Lord, for too long, I have lived my life not focused on the right things. And so, Lord, right now, I make a choice to focus on you. Perhaps you're watching, you're joining us today, and you've, you've never welcomed Jesus Christ into your life. I would encourage you to pray something like this. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Lord, I thank you that you died on the cross for me. Lord, today I make a decision to live for you. Come into my life and help me to live for you from this moment forward. I believe if you prayed that prayer for the first time today, that an amazing spiritual transaction took place in your life right now. And we'd love to help you with that journey. So let us know if you prayed that prayer today. I want to say thank you for once again joining us today for our online church gathering. We know you want to get back. We know you want to get back in the building. I would love to say that we're going to get back and have a full house. It's not going to happen, at least for a little while. But I would encourage you, don't miss this moment. Don't miss this moment. Remember, God trusted you and I to serve him during these important days. Stay focused. Stay focused on him. God bless you. We pray God's blessing on your lives. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We hope you have a great day today. Thanks for joining us today. God bless you. Now, as you go into your world, may love your children, and God loves his children. May you find your identity in being a son of the only perfect father. May you make it possible, make it impossible for your daughters to ever find a husband as good as their dad. 
teach your children that their mother is the most beautiful woman alive. She's really pretty. May you risk more, worry less, and play hard. May you lead your family, not as a king, but as a servant. Who protects their hearts, protects their hearts. May you laugh at the little things, the little things. And finally, and finally, may you lay down your life for your family. you introduce them to a God, to a God that's already done that exact thing. We hope that you have a great day today. Great day today. Have a great day today. Happy Father's Day. Happy, Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day.